0: Hello,
1: welcome to The Signal. I'm Alec Martin.
0: And I'm Antonia Whalen. We're students in the audio workshop at the University of King's College School of Journalism.
1: Today on the show, concerns about people not wearing masks on buses. It'd be nice if there was a little more enforcement to the rule. But what if there are no rules?
0: And. A tunnel of light for people who experience mental illness. We want people to understand that there is light there. There is hope and there's a reason to keep going. We'll hear about the tunnel of hope.
1: Plus, later, how about Sub-Zero camping? There's a
2: special unique beauty to the wintertime, especially you get into like the deep forest, all the snow and everything like that. It's very
1: quiet, very serene. Serene and chilly. All that and more on today's show. But first, Halifax's transit union says new rules may be needed to protect its bus drivers from COVID-19. Two drivers refused to work last week because multiple passengers entered their buses without wearing masks. Leo Bui reports.
3: The Halifax Transit Riders Guide has a list of rules. You have to wear a shirt, you have to have shoes on, there's no smoking or open alcohol allowed. Bus driver can deny you service if you violate these rules but they can't refuse passengers who don't wear a mask. Ken Wilson is the president of the amalgamated transit union local 508.
4: That's the problem that we have is the operator has the ability to not introduce somebody that doesn't have a pair of shoes, but they can't deny not to someone that doesn't have a face mask. And that's kind of confusing and a little bit perplexing at the same time, given the fact mm-hmm. that we're in second wave of a pandemic with airborne transmission to COVID-19.
3: Wilson says the problem is with only a few passengers.
4: Ninety percent of the Halifax Transit users are complying and wearing a mask and wearing it properly. It's the ten percent that are either not wearing it properly or just refusing to wear it.
3: Mani Sani takes the bus regularly. He doesn't see people without masks on the bus so often, but it still concerns him.
1: Also, a regular bus
3: provider. This week, the province's chief medical officer of health spoke to the issue. Dr. Robert Schweng asked people to stop looking for mask loopholes and to stop arguing with bus drivers and store clerks who asked them to wear one. He cited recent American research. In Kansas, counties that require people to wear masks in public had much lower levels of COVID cases than counties that did not. Still, he said there are people who have legitimate health reasons to not wear one.
5: What we don't want is to set up environments where people are denied access to public spaces like stores or public services, like a bus, because they can't wear a mask. Don't judge people who can't wear a mask. We don't know what their story is, but at the same time, don't
4: make excuses
5: for not wearing a mask just because you feel you don't want to."
3: Wilson says bus drivers have to take people's reasons for not wearing masks at face value. But the union's Occupational Health and Safety Committee is recommending a 50% decrease in the number of people who can ride a bus at any one time, and they want to have passengers Board and exit buses from the side door that would minimize interactions between them and drivers.
4: If the employer Halifax Transit is not willing to enforce a mask policy, then we have no other choice to, than to put these recommendations forward to ensure that the passengers and the workers are safe.
3: Wilson says that would be a last resort because it would mean reduced revenue from bus fares. It would ultimately be up to Halifax Transit or whether to implement those recommendations. For The Signal, this is Leo Bui from Halifax.
0: In St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador, City Council recently announced the expected closure of the historic Railway Coastal Museum. Mayor Danny Breen made the announcement last Thursday, but it hasn't gone over well with some. This model train is one of many artifacts in the Railway Coastal Museum. The 118-year-old museum sits under an overpass close to downtown St. John's Harbor. Last week, Council announced the museum would be closed, citing financial difficulties. Yes!
3: It be same, 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 same.
0: Really a Yesterday, dozens of people gathered in front of the museum to ask Council to reconsider. Some of the CM pensioners were in the crowd none of the city councillors showed up. J.P. Cody is a railroad enthusiast and volunteer with the Avondale Railway Museum. He says he's concerned about what's going to happen to the artifacts inside.
2: And uh, it's really
3: upsetting people, especially the railway pensioners who worked so hard to um, preserve the few things that we had left and to work into the museum. So uh,
2: now we're just left wondering, like, what's going to happen to this stuff, like,
3: no communication, no
2: warning, no efforts whatsoever to, uh, to, um, to save it or have another group take it on. It's just like the city is just all right.
0: Catherine Foley is a folklorist who organized this protest. This kind of closure is a
1: result of that lack between community and university engagement.
6: The artifacts, again, are really important, but I can't imagine that there's a system in place that can take them efficiently, deal with them, make them accessible for research or for history
7: is in the middle
1: of what was St. John's and
0: No one on the St. John City Council replied to a request for comment about the future of the museum or the artifacts.
1: Well, he's not from Newfoundland and Labrador, but Hank Snow sure loved a good train song. Here's the Nova Scotia King of Country with The Last Ride.
6: Riding on an eastbound freight train Speeding Oh, Bill, a railroad bum, was fighting for his life. The sadness of his eyes revealed the torture of his soul. He raised a weak and a weary hand to brush away the cold. No warm lights flickered around him, no blankets there to fold. Nothing but the howling wind and the driving rain so cold When he heard a whistle blowing in a dreamy kind of way The hobo seemed contented for he smiled there where he lay The rain was falling on that lonesome boxcar door. But the little farmer, Hobo Bill, lay still upon the floor. As the train sped through the darkness and the raging storm outside, no one knew that Hobo Bill was taking his last ride. Early in the morning When they raised the hobo's head The smile still lingered on his face But Hobo Bill was dead There was no mother longing To soothe his weary soul For he was just a railroad bum Who died out in
0: From 1951, that's the Yodeling Ranger, Hank Snow, and the Hobo's Last Ride.
1: Public health officials are warning that the coming winter will be challenging for our mental health, as we continue to cope with restrictions around COVID-19. But stigma around mental illness still prevents many people from talking about it, and to suffer in silence. Here in Halifax, there's a new installation on the waterfront hoping to change that. Nathan Horn has the story.
6: I've struggled with anxiety and depression for over a decade of my life now.
8: Emma Wells is 26. She remembers avoiding or having to leave social situations because of her symptoms.
6: My experience with my mental illness was an alienating experience. I felt kind of on the outside of the rest of the world for most of my life due to my mental illness.
8: She may have felt alone, but she's not. Mental Health Research Canada found in a recent survey that 20% of the Canadian population reported suffering from anxiety, 13% reported feeling depressed. Now Wells is hoping to help other people with mental illness feel less alone, by telling her story. She's one of almost a dozen people who lent their voice to the Tunnel of Hope. It's a 150-foot-long light installation on a jetty at the Halifax Waterfront Boardwalk. As people walk under the canopy of lights, they can listen to speakers broadcasting stories of struggle with overcoming mental illness. It's a project put together by the Mental Health Foundation of Nova Scotia. It's sponsored by Nova Scotia Power and Amera. Jill Chappell speaks for the Mental Health Foundation.
7: We want people to understand that while there may be times that they find themselves in darkness
4: when they're living with mental illness and addiction, that there is light there, there is hope,
0: and there's a reason to keep going.
8: It's a message that Nova Scotia Power was happy to get behind. Catherine O'Neill is the company's community engagement manager.
0: It's a bit of a play on words, but we like to say internally that we like to help make things brighter for our customers and the communities that we serve, both literally, you know, and with our, our heart, and our actions.
8: For Wells, all help is welcome.
7: I am so there for anything
6: that puts light on the issue. I really am because it's just, Like I said, that feeling of alienation came from, like, not knowing how to talk about mental health.
8: In recent years, corporate awareness campaigns around mental health, such as Bell Let's Talk Day, have encouraged people to break the stigma around mental health issues. Together, they've raised a lot of money for that cause. In this case, organizers hope people will be inspired by the tunnel to donate to the Mental Health Foundation of Nova Scotia. For The Signal, I'm Nathan Horn.
0: You are listening to The Signal on CKDU, 88.1 FM in Halifax. We're bringing you stories from the audio workshop at the University of King's College School of Journalism. I'm Antonia Whalen.
1: And I'm Alec Martin. Still to come on the show,
5: why Anna Ganesh is welcoming and keeping Syrian refugees. Well, my, me and my family, we like the sense of like being in a community, everyone knows each other, that makes you give you like a secure feeling that you're safe around these people.
1: We'll hear how a small town is holding its arms open for more newcomers.
0: And what do you do if you're a musician
7: who can't tour? Fake it. It's really filled a hole in our hearts. You know, the thing that's been missing from our lives, which is like playing shows and like traveling to other cities.
0: How some bands are role-playing touring culture online. That's later in the show.
1: COVID-19 kept people closer to home this year and looking for new physically distanced activities. Many turn to nature. Nova Scotia provincial parks saw an increase in local visitors and more campsite bookings this summer. Provincial parks are now closed for the season, but as Sarah Moore tells us, Nova Scotians are still turning to camping and other outdoor activities to cope with stress all through the winter.
4: Catherine White didn't plan on camping for two weeks in December. In fact, she's never camped in the winter before. ...covered with
7: the tar. Through,
4: right? Today, her it's boyfriend going to comes back from working in Alberta things. and starts his quarantine. Neither could afford a hotel, and she couldn't take two weeks off work. And with COVID cases on the rise, she didn't want to risk staying with friends.
7: It was just an automatic when I thought, well, what am I going to do?
4: The only other thing I could do is go camping. So why not? I have all the camping gear I need. White feels a lot safer with this setup, and she's actually looking forward to it. She spent a lot of time camping this summer, more than other years. It was almost like you were back to normal. There was no such thing as COVID. That was my getaway. And
2: like, I felt totally different. It was so relaxing. And I, I found it a great stress reliever because I didn't have to worry about being around people.
4: Even in the middle of a pandemic, nature makes us happy. Published studies have found that listening to calming nature sounds and even outdoor silence can lower blood pressure and levels of the stress hormone cortisol. Camping can even improve your sleep quality and your natural sleep cycle.
2: There's a special and unique beauty to the wintertime, especially you get into like the deep forest, all the snow and everything like that. It's very quiet, very serene.
4: That's Ian Jacobson, and he knows better than many people how nature can be an outlet after being confined and locked down. He's been a submariner with the Navy for the last 10 years and spends weeks at a time underwater.
2: After being in an environment like that, you need to find release afterwards, you need time to recover, take time for
4: yourself. During the pandemic, that has become even more important for his mental well-being.
2: It's that freedom especially after being confined to your own property all the lineups the dealing with all society and the panic and the fear and everything like that just being able to get out there and have that freedom and just kind of be yourself
4: in the winter camping comes with more challenges you need to be more prepared bring more equipment and focus on staying safe the fluctuating temperatures in nova scotia add another element but jacobson says that can make it more rewarding his favorite winter activity is snowshoeing camping trips But spending time outside doesn't have to mean an extreme trip.
2: Even just getting that fresh air and that daylight getting out there, it's just going to stimulate yourself and your body and your brain.
4: For White and Jacobson, it's one way to add some light to an otherwise long, dark winter. For The Signal, I'm Sarah Moore.
0: Families of Syrian refugees are finishing quarantine in their new home, in Antigonish. The rural town of just over 4,000 people is now home to 17 Syrian refugee families, with eight more expected. And as a welcome to the new citizens in waiting, the community organized a parade. Rose
9: Murphy was there. More than 22 cars slowly drive past the homes where the Jantawi and Al Talab families have been quarantining since their arrival in Canada two weeks ago. Some have welcome signs, Canadian flags, and balloons. The newly arrived Syrians wave from their doorsteps. They're joining their relatives, the al who came to Antigonish almost five years ago. Majd al says it was a big transition for them, moving from a big city to a small town.
5: Um, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I was, I was shocked. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to last here. It's going to be a year or two, and I'll... Get good at English and move, to be honest. I didn't expect that I would like it and stick around.
9: But Al Zuri says they felt supported at every turn and were able to really connect with the community.
5: Being a community, everyone knows each other, that makes you give you like a secure feeling that you're safe around these people. Like it just made, made us feel that we're home.
9: His family and the newcomers are sponsored by SAFE. Syria Antigonish Families Embrace. The group raised the money and will support the newcomers for their first year. Volunteer Peter Wade says it's become a deeper relationship than he expected.
3: We were told to expect that they wouldn't necessarily stay, that it was our job to get them in a safe place, and they might want to move on to Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver.
9: Wade says having the university and the hospital in town helps it means the small community is unusually diverse. There were already a few Arabic speakers here when the first Syrians arrived in 2016.
4: A lot of
3: communities wouldn't have that resource. and probably quite surprised them that there were Arabic speakers in Little Antigonish, Nova Scotia.
9: Andrew Murray is the town's deputy mayor. He thinks the presence of the Cody International Institute for Cooperative Development also has something to do with the small town's willingness to welcome newcomers.
8: For the last 50 years, we've had Cody with people from all over the world. So we're very accustomed and very welcoming of these uh, citizens, uh, citizens from other countries coming to further their education here in Antigonish.
9: He also says newcomers benefit the town. When most small towns have steadily been losing people to the cities, refugees and other immigrants are bringing new life and energy to Antigonish.
8: What these new citizens coming to our community, what they contribute is incredible. Opening a factory and employing people, I think it's a huge plus.
9: Murray is referring to the Hadhads. The award-winning Syrian family started their business, Piece by Chocolate, when they arrived in 2016. As for the latest Syrian families, Majdal Zuri can't wait to show them around their new community. They
5: are really excited. They want to see the town.
9: And the town can't wait to meet them. For The Signal, I'm Rose Murphy in Antigonish.
1: The pandemic has decimated the global music industry, but here in Canada, a group of musicians has come together through Facebook to cope with cancelled tours by poking fun at the touring lifestyle. I'm a musician too, so I wanted to check it out.
9: I have to play guitar in a while.
1: Skylar Caffaretta plays an acoustic guitar from home in Saskatoon. If it weren't for COVID, he would probably be on tour with the FAPS right now, but he hasn't hit the road in months. It has destroyed all of my hopes and dreams and left me a crumbling, dusty skeleton on the side of the road being picked by crows. The crows are pretty sweet. I'm okay with crows. His response is tongue-in-cheek, but to say he's disappointed that he can't perform is an understatement. So in the absence of a tour, Cafaretta is helping to run a Facebook group that's all about touring. It's called, Pretending You Are In DIY Touring Canada, LOL. It's a place where musicians in Canada can commiserate about the lack of touring, but they also roleplay, and pretend they are on tour. Cafaretta says that while the group is mostly for fun, it goes a bit further than that. It's helping me. I mean, it's silly. It's something to do, I guess. We could all probably be doing something better with our time. We should probably just be going outside, but... No, I've noticed like a few people commenting how it means a lot to them to, you know, it's like an outlet. Chelsea Martin is the drummer of Saskatoon-based punk group Manmeet. Like Caffaretta, she says the group has been a huge help for her during lockdown.
7: It's really filled a hole in our hearts. You know, the thing that's been missing from our lives, which is like playing shows and like traveling to other cities.
1: She says they're overwhelmed by the number of people who want to join in their pretend world of touring.
7: Oh, it's insane. We're approving upwards of 200 people almost every day. I'm slightly worried because that's that's a lot of people and we're going to have to like weed out a lot of posts.
1: But Martin says the response has been overwhelmingly positive. People in the group share favourite tour stories, rank cities from best to worst places to play, and try to stay connected. Martin recalls a thread about tour breakfasts.
7: It sounds so simple. Like having breakfast but it is some of the best memories that most people have is when you make connections with another band maybe you're staying at someone's house for the first time in the morning and then you all get up and you just spend two hours just chatting and talking and maybe you're really hung over and you really needed those eggs but then there's the long goodbye in the parking lot.
1: Musicians in Canada are eagerly awaiting a vaccine so they can get back in their vans and explore the country. For now, though, the Facebook group is a way to keep touring culture alive and stay connected with friends met between sets. From their 2018 album Grimelda, here is Caferetta's band, The Faps, with Good Song. That's the FAPS. Normally, they'd be on tour right now, but at least we can listen to the recorded music.
0: That's our show for today. If there's anything you want to hear again, we'll be posting a link on our social media feeds. Our handle is SignalHFX on Twitter and Instagram.
1: A shout out to our technician, Mark Pino, and our audio professor is Pauline Dakin. I'm Alec Martin.
0: And I'm Antonia Whelan. We'll be back next week for our last show of the year. I hope you'll check that out. We'll leave you with Port Cities and Emma Lee. I still see you at parties.
1: Have a great weekend. Oh, but you ain't in my head. We ain't making plans.
6: We ain't trying to start again. But I still see you at parties.
3: We got all the same friends Yeah, I still see you at parties
6: Girl But we ain't tryna be friends
4: No, no Been tryna forget about The way that your body felt Can't picture you and no one else
6: Oh Ain't getting over you Lord knows I've been trying to Don't know what I'm supposed to
4: do oh. Cause you only cross my mind Days that ending white Think I'm going out
6: tonight I still see you at parties Cause we got all the same friends to see you at parties, but we
4: ain't trying to be friends.
6: hearted, that's why it's hard when I still see you at parties Cause we got all the same friends I still see you at parties But we ain't tryna be friends No, we
4: ain't tryna be friends I still
6: see you at parties
4: Cause we got all the same friends
6: to see you at parties.
9: But we ain't trying to be friends.